0: Everybody, it's dean jackson and joe polish what do you have to say for yourself like, today
1: like nail polish what mm-hmm. do i have to say for myself well, i i'm getting over a little bit of a cold
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh so i sound a little
0: so I sound a little like dean jackson right now cold free in 2013 you're lying so far
1: oh and this year okay i thought i'm th- sitting there thinking all right
0: you know, no, oh, in my life? No, 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 no. <clears throat> no, that. no. I
1: was thinking even just a few so months ago cold be being sick. in
0: 2013, but it's pretty easy when you're uh, living in a place where it's sunny and 70 every day. Right. Yeah.
1: You know, when you're always in the shadows of Batman, you tend to get a little colds here and there. See how you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I mean, I gave you a total opening to turn that back on me. I, I know. that's just noticed It's, that. it's the truth. Yeah, okay. Alright, so alright, what we, so let's let's talk about all right, for people that are brand new to our podcast, um, because we get a lot of new um subscribers every day. Actually we get over four thousand three hundred uh to between four thousand six hundred uh on average uh, new um subscribers uh to our podcast uh, every day. Um is it gone up, Dean? Or Isn't is that, that kind of right?
0: It's actually spiking. We've had in this past few weeks here, we've had spikes up to 6,000.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that means that you may not have listened to any of the past episodes. And so, you know, if you're new to uh, I Love Marketing or you've been listening ever since the very first episode, um, episode number one, uh, which is always good to go back and re-listen to some of them because they're they're good. They're just good and you'll hear them uh, from a different perspective the more Mm -hmm. you – Learn and understand marketing. Uh, some of the foundational things are before, during, and after. You know, your before unit, your during unit, your after unit. And um, the breakthrough uh, DNA um, that is downloadable on ilovemarketing.com. So read that. It, it will make all of these episodes make more sense as you listen to them. And uh, listen to that or read that on a frequent basis because it's just good stuff to go back to. I mean, even me and Dean will go back and look at our written stuff just Mm -hmm. to help continue to keep our brain calibrated and not getting off track when it comes to uh, developing uh, and and executing uh, effective marketing campaigns. And so, you know, we – some of our recent episodes we hit our 100th uh, you know episode which was, was cool we, we did were talking that live
0: about that, our 100th episode we if we were a tv show if we were a sitcom we'd be in syndication now and we'd be rich
1: yeah yeah and uh i got an i got a, a message sent to me um from someone who's uh, an avid listener suggesting taking our curriculum and putting it into colleges and universities, wow. and it, you know, it was, it was a really good idea and stuff that he laid out. And my reply back uh, was, you know, um, it's a good idea if we decide to go forward with something like that along what you've described, I'll let you know, you know, however, um, I'm kind of an anti-bureaucratic sort of guy and, um, inst- you know, uh, I don't like uh, trying to sell – corporations or institutions into thinking ways that they're usually not very good at doing. And so our core audience is really entrepreneurs, however, you know, even on a past episode I talked about my meeting with a really, you know, one of the top people at Arizona State University who is extremely bright and, you know, I do have um, people in the higher education world that I do uh, have as friends and uh, colleagues. and. People that I work with and that sort of stuff. However, you know, taking I love marketing to, you know, maybe one day. But for now, our audience are entrepreneurs that are out there spending their own money, not someone else's money usually, um, and have to take you know responsibility for their own futures and take risks and that sort of thing. And so we did an episode uh, based around an article um, that I had uh, you know written called uh, you know Branding Equals Bullshit Question Mark. Um, and to mention, like we did on that episode, it wasn't a, a declarative statement that branding is always bullshit, although. You know, most of the time for any small business owner, if they're <laughs> going to say, I want to build, then it's, you know, I mean, it's, it, it is absolutely total bullshit in most cases because, you know, the path that's going to take them down is not one about getting results but just trying to get people to know who they are. And that generated a lot of response on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It generated some response on uh, – most of the response was on Facebook, not on uh, I Love Marketing. Cause I still say, you know, at the time of recording this, I still think we have kind of a lousy commenting system. And I'll admit that on our own website. However, um, you know, it, we, we have had a lot of people that have sent us messages, even people that we know personally that have read the article, listened to it. And the vast majority love it. And, you know, a lot of people have to be careful about being outspoken about it because there's such this, this huge community of people talking about building a personal brand and branding yourself and all of this stuff where you almost feel like you're going to get attacked if you say anything negative about building a brand as if you're, you know, like a bad person or something. And, you know, our, so a lot of people have been sending us messages about, you know, Joe and Dean, I don't really think you know what the term brand really means and here's a definition of it. And and I've, I've probably gotten about 10 people that have written very long, you know, emails Mm -hmm. or letters uh, giving me an explanation of what brand really means and you know the it, it reminds me of like an interview i did with uh nathaniel brandon a few years ago he's a uh you know he's a site psy- uh, psychologist who's like the father of self-esteem he wrote a bunch of fantastic books you know the six pillars of mm-hmm. self-esteem and, and you know and I, we conscience. did a program
0: together uh for uh him too
1: Yeah, yeah. And just a brilliant guy. And, you know, he said in my interview with him that, you know, when someone goes to a therapist, they're not uh, looking for an explanation. They're looking for an experience, you know. Mm. And part of it is, you know, I, I don't need an explanation of what branding is or what even direct response is. What I need is the results that it's going to, you know, develop. And so we'll give explanations to explain things, of course. However, you know, at the end of the day, uh, someone can, you know, get all of the explanations about what a brand is and what it means and how important it is and, you know, that still is not going to pay their bills. I mean you need to make sales and so the, 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 the things that we focus on is teaching proven, not theoretical, not opinions, proven marketing methods that have made literally billions of dollars uh, for our clients. When I say billions of dollars, I'm not talking about this technique made – billions of dollars for all the people in the world that use it. I mean, f- between me and Dean, our clients directly from our advice have made well over 2 billion dollars uh, that we can even loosely track. And I and speaking for myself, I mean, I I know that just in the cleaning and restoration industry and then you know I have my clients like you know, Bill Phillips in the past and mm-hmm. Dean Graziosi and, and, and single individuals that have made millions of dollars just u- utilizing things that they have, you know, learned uh, from, from me. And so in the same goes with you. I mean, if you take all of the real estate agents all over the world that have right, you know, how many exactly. millions and millions of dollars have been generated directly from ads that Dean has written, you know, I mean, using them verbatim, that's direct response. So, you know, we're not here to uh win awards for how our stuff looks. You know, we're here to dispense uh, advice that works. And, you know, since we are not charging people for this podcast, we'll say whatever the hell we want to say. And, you know, uh, we don't have any reason to, you know, try to convince someone of something from a – you know, standpoint of, oh, you must, you know, consider this as as truth. I mean, we're just sharing what works uh, for us and what has worked for thousands of our clients. And if people don't like it or it doesn't fit, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of podcasts out there that talk about how to build a personal brand. (laughs) Now, having said that, I will still say that there are many attributes and values of getting your name out there and getting a response back. Uh, and we would love to have everybody not only have successful results, but have a position in the marketplace, have people perceive them in a certain way, have, for lack of a better word, a very positive, powerful, effective, valuable brand. So we're not opposed to any of that stuff. And we would say build and use direct response in order to build your brand if you want to go down that route uh, and also pay your bills as you do it, not throw money down a black hole. And so, Dean, uh, what I was thinking we would talk about today is uh, since we you know had that subject is let's talk about some of the elements of uh, direct response because mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we had talked about, you know, many times is direct response versus, you know, say, you know, name recognition or institutional or image advertising, which is also brand building uh, when it comes to advertising and marketing uh, is, you know, building uh, a brand is about getting your name out there. Um And, and of course, people that really take the term brand literally will say, no, no, it's so much more than that. Well, okay, I know. I mean, I know it's so much more than that, but I'm just – for purposes here let's talk about it from the marketing and advertising standpoint so you know one like institutional or image advertising is about getting your name out there direct response is about getting your name out there and getting a response back it is a direct response it's like everything that you do has a specific um, purpose, and I wrote a, a marketing course for carpet cleaner many, many years ago for carpet cleaners. Uh, and in over seven thousand cleaning companies throughout the world have become members of my organization, Piranha Marketing, and we have a rich cleaner system, is what we call it, and it literally teaches them one hundred and five uh, strategies. And one of the strategies is learn direct response marketing, and this was written. Uh, the first version was written back in uh, 1994, uh, and what is a direct response ad? And this is before the internet and everything, and it says in, it's an ad that contains the following. A headline, uh, two, creates interest in the service or the product, three, creates desire in the prospect, four, has a specific offer, and five, has a deadline or cutoff date. And then I you know, have a whole chapter on uh, – well, here, I'll read a little bit more, and then I want – what I'd like to do, Dean, is have, you know, your perspectives on all of these things like okay. a headline or what, you know, creating interest in the service or product, which has to do with copy, you know, creating desire in the prospect, having a specific offer, having a deadline or cutoff date. So I want to talk on this episode about all of those elements and creating urgency and all of the things that good marketing accomplishes. So let me read this a little bit more and then let's get into that dialogue. Okay. So most advertising in magazines, newspapers on radio and TV are not direct response. They are institutional advertising also called image advertising. There is no way of accurately tracking the response since there is no specific offer. Why do advertising agencies like image advertising? They can't be held responsible for zero – they can't be held responsible for zero results. If an ad campaign doesn't increase sales, they blame it on one of the following – A, the economy or B, they tell you that you need to run these ads that didn't work over and over again and suddenly they will work. Out of the two, the second is by far the worse. Advertising agencies are notorious for saying, well, the public just needs to see your ads more often and then you'll get more sales. Many people then waste a lot of money and still don't get results. The theory is flawed. If an ad doesn't work at all once, it's not suddenly going to bring in lots of money it doesn't work that way. There's a tiny bit of truth of it. A very, very small percentage of your response will come from people who have seen the ad before. This is the frosting on the cake. There certainly isn't enough to substantiate wasting more money. Advertising agencies are interested in being creative and cutesy. That's what wins advertising awards. I think this is absolutely ridiculous. This advertising field gives, away, gives awards based on creativity not results. Many ads that have won top awards didn't produce any substantial increase in sales. They have forgotten that advertising is meant to do one thing and one thing only to get more clients. That's the only reason I advertise. I don't care about name recognition. I just want more clients. Building name recognition is only possible with a huge huge advertising budget. There is a lot of waste in what in that type of advertising but some really big businesses can survive that waste. Businesses like McDonald's, Domino's and Budweiser. They can afford this massive waste. Of course if they use savvy direct response techniques they'd cut the waste out of their advertising and their sales and profits would dramatically improve. Small local businesses don't have that option. We can't afford to waste marketing dollars on ads that don't pull in immediate cash. Direct response is results oriented. You know exactly how much money you made from jobs that come from direct response methods. Emotional direct response marketing gives your prospects something they want and tells them exactly what to do to get it. It gives them compelling reasons to use you. It gets response, and response means money. And so you know I, I go on to say, here are some rules when marketing: Never do anything that you can't directly track the results. Never run an ad a second time that didn't work the first time. Uh, never fall in love with your ad. This is a common mistake for people starting out with direct response. An ad is only good if it gets results. period. don't fall in love with any ad until you've tested it and know that it pulls. Become a student of direct marketing. Learn everything you can about it. The more you learn about marketing, the more you'll make and if you'd like to know more, blah 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 so um that was written literally when i was like probably tw- 26 years old <laughs> and cuz i just kind of got it i got You're it early smart on back then. yeah yeah now i'm 45 years old at the time that i'm recording this i just had a birthday recently and basically it still applies you know the difference is there's different media now that wasn't available back then like the internet <laughs> you know uh it didn't exist back then i mean no one was using internet marketing so we we're relying on that but the the advice in the psychology is still exactly the same. And there are ad agencies out there that have become far better. And there are some smart ones that are out there. There are some that are results driven, but the vast majority are not. Uh, The vast majority of, you know, it's like Gary Halbert used to say, uh, the the two fields with the biggest levels of incompetency are uh, psychiatry and advertising. And you know, I would still say that that's probably pretty valid today. Yeah. So anyway, I babbled a lot during this, Dean, and I know you have a lot of insight on this, so I'll shut up for a while and let you give, you know, some of your <laughs> wisdom on uh
0: on this. Okay, where do we start? <laughs> Headlines. Is that what you want to start with? Yeah, you know, whatever. Talk about the
1: elements of direct response because mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean I think it I think it's important and um let me say just one more thing too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now, now, that, now that you didn't take it and run with it. Uh I don't know the the documentary. I think it's called Pink Ribbon Ink. It's about oh, right. the breast yeah, we were uh, cancer. About earlier. Oh, yeah, you know it's 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 a great documentary that I would highly recommend everyone watch. It's it's basically about how the it, a lot of activists when and, and a lot of activists I don't really like. Uh, you know, I mean, I think a lot of if anyone's ever read how how I found freedom in an unfree world by a Harry Brown. I mean, great book to read, uh, written many years ago. But uh, you know, th- th- this this documentary is really about exposing uh, the the I don't know. I mean, the, the unethical things that are happening within you know a lot of the the breast cancer awareness uh the breast cancer movement the pink ribbon thing where it originated from how how uh, a lot of the money never goes to uh you know accomplish uh, much of anything and how it's become more of a business than about breast cancer and how the people that are running and supporting it really are wanting to do the the right thing and they really want to you know, help find a cure for breast cancer and support you know their friends and family who've died from uh, breast cancer or who have breast cancer. And at the same time, you know, when you part the curtain, you see all the 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 corporate nonsense that's going on behind the scenes. And you know, and they, they, it, it, and, and I'll not do it justice. People really should watch it because it's really, you know, I'm not here to take a position on that. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 more just an interesting movie that that shows how this movement has been created there's one thing where one of the activists say in it though that, that it has a lot to do with branding uh and how i thought about it where she said you know that they 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 give you all these quotes and all these stats of how much you know a breast cancer awareness has in- increased since mm-hmm. you know the runs and the the pink ribbon and all the movements but she's like you know, but what has this awareness done? Has it, has it done anything to get anyone closer to a cure? Has it, has it solved anything? Has it stopped anyone from dying? As a matter of fact, they show where it's actually increased people dying and, and getting breast cancer in some cases, which again, I'm not going to speak to that. You have to watch the documentary. The point though is the thing of like, when, when this, when this woman uh, on, on the documentary mentioned that, you know, this awareness it it made me think about how many people talk about well we've got this many hits to our website you know uh, like hit stands for how idiots track success is what hits really stands for <laughs> and you know it, it talks about you know people talk about how much how many media impressions we got or how much exposure we've gotten or how much awareness there is out there and you, you really got to ask yourself okay well is that awareness translating into anything are you you know does everyone know about you but no one's buying from you uh, uh, I mean, you know, does it, there there's people that get negative uh PR and negative uh you know exposure that actually convert that into making money and people that get the, all this positive you know you would think positive awareness that doesn't result in anything. So it's you know it's a very it's it's a very interesting thing to think about and I think people just um spend a lot of time meddling with stuff that they think is important that that isn't. And so if you want a really interesting perspective, uh, watch that documentary because I just think it's a fascinating documentary that I, I hope more people would watch because it really exposes a lot of the stuff that's going on in in uh, some of the philanthropical world, which is intended to look like it's doing good when it really isn't. And then secondly, um, it has a lot to do with this whole thing about getting your name out there and thinking that somehow translates into, uh, into creating results. So, all right. Now, I've spent a couple more minutes,
0: Dean. Go for it. Well, you you talk about the awareness and building awareness. And one of the best illustrations that I can think of that they use for that is when when I was doing the big real estate seminars, we'd have six or 700 people every month. And I would point out to people, you know, because real estate is notorious for um, personal promotion. For this whole idea and concept of getting your name out there and that's you know most small businesses that are run by a founder entrepreneur you know on in a local market or anywhere else are often follow that same kind of principle if you look through local newspapers or you look through local magazines what you see is page after page of Ads that the most prominent thing in the ad is the name of the business and their logo and then they might have some You know bullet points of what they actually do, but there's never any call to action or there's never any reason to um, to call you know or to identify themselves in any way and so um I, I would say to people because that rallying cry of, you know, you got to get your name out there and you got to build top of mind awareness and all these things that sound like they make complete sense. And that if you were top of mind and you did have, you did get your name out there that more people would call you, but often that's not the case at all. And so I, especially if you're just starting out, I mean, if you're, if you're starting out and you don't already have full, awareness of of everybody knowing who you are Um, and you're faced with spending your limited dollars and resources and, and time on one path or the other getting your name out there or using those dollars strategically which is really what direct response is about to strategically get your message to The right people and so when we break it up you know direct response in the um, in the eight profit activators is really about profit activator number two compelling your prospects to call you using direct response and profit activator number three which is educating and motivating them to want to meet you now when you look at it uh, the example that I would use in the seminars is I just I'd say to people okay Um, you've heard this, you got to get your name out there. And uh, you know, you don't even know what that means. You know, your name out there, whatever that is, wherever there is, you got to get it out there. And I would always suggest that the difference is that direct response is about getting your prospect's name in here. You know, it's more important for you to know who your ideal prospects are than for everybody to know who you are. So I would suggest imagining that the room was a five or six or 700 home subdivision and that every person in the room was the owner of one of those homes. And I would give people a choice. I'd say you can either come up to the stage and I'll give you one minute to... Tell people who you are um, anything that you want them to know to get your name out there I'll help you get your name out there to all 600 people or you can sit right down right there in your seat and I'll bring you an envelope and in that envelope will be a piece of paper with the name and contact information of the 60 people in this room who are going to sell their house in the next 12 months now it was never even a contest that every single person would choose the 60 or 70 names of the people who are going to sell their house. That's what is most valuable. Those are the only 60 people who it really matters that you're top of mind awareness with right now, this year anyway. You know, so if, if you could, instead of, trying to get your full message, get your, your name out there in front of everybody, why not put that aside and do something that's going to get as many of those 60 people who are going to sell their house to identify themselves to you. And so what that requires is selflessness, You have to put your selfish desires aside. Your desire is that you are the star of the ad. And that's why when you look through local um, publications, you see it all the time. The logo and the name of the company and maybe a picture of the owner are the stars of the ad. They're the central characters and really good direct response ads. Your prospect is the star. You're, the information that they're looking for is the star, the, the offer that you're making to them, the cheese, how we talk about that you know, mice are attracted to cheese. And that when somebody's gathering information about making a purchase of something, the first thing they're doing is gathering information. So if you can identify what those conversations are that people are having, what they're already thinking and you can be there to present them with information that's going to make them raise their hand and identify themselves that's the most valuable thing you can do so the the practical difference would be if i take if i took a personal promotion uh, approach and i was mailing to that 700 home subdivision i that would entail mailing a postcard With a big picture of Julie Matthews, a big picture of the Julie Matthews group logo and maybe a slogan that, you know, thinking of selling your house, Julie Matthews will get right on it or call Julie and start packing or, you know, all of these things that are like slogans that kind of, you know, build that um, brand awareness, you know, so that the consistency of it, everybody's going to kind of equate that with, thinking about Julie, and hopefully when they think about selling their house, Julie will pop into their mind and they'll magically call her. Now, if you contrast that, what direct response is about is instead of getting your name out there, you focus on getting your prospect's name in here and you send out a postcard that offers them information on what homes are selling for in their neighborhood. So you might send out a postcard that says, that offers them the free February 2013 report on Winter Haven lakefront house prices. Now, anybody who owns a lakefront house and is thinking about selling it, the first thing they want to know is how much is my house worth? So you get the opportunity to Provide that information to people in a way that they're going to raise their hand by asking for this information They've identified themselves as somebody who is likely Much higher likelihood to sell their house in the next 12 months than somebody who doesn't raise their hand and that's really applicable across the board. I mean we've seen this work in so many different ways. I mean Joe we had um, Adrian when we were in, in Uh, Phoenix doing the breakthrough blueprint event you had Adrian use this exact approach to attract You know their their target audience is fortune 1000 companies, and they do Mainframe outsourcing with those and they offered the same exact thing a, a pricing report on mainframe outsourcing they've You know got somebody to raise their hand in in, uh, September or October and turn that into a hundred thousand dollar piece of business or a hundred and fifty thousand dollar piece of business just from um, putting their own selfish need aside to send out their uh, get their name out there and focus only on who their prospects are getting them to identify themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember, uh, I remember a carpet cleaner, uh, and lots of them would use like this slogan, uh, but I remember a carpet cleaner when I used to do, uh, critique, uh, coupons and consultation coupons when I first started selling a marketing course. I literally used to package up where people would be able to get on the phone with me and do like an ad critique, and I'd have them send me one of their ads, and of course I would encourage them to change it and do everything you know that I'm suggesting in my marketing course because my marketing course actually just gives people ads that are already written, so they don't even need to rewrite them. They just like we give them the templates, right? Mm-hmm. And but people always like meddling with stuff. You know, they still, you know, it's hard to get people to let go of their ego, especially when everyone they talk to is like, going, "Oh, no, that shit will never work. No one's gonna read all that long copy. You know, that doesn't look. You know, you need to have a nice logo. You know, all that sort of crap." And I was doing a consultation with somebody um, that. Had, uh, I had them switch, uh, their, um, they had a ValPak coupon that had this, uh, line that said, we don't cut corners, we clean them. And you've probably seen that before, right? Mm-hmm. You know, cause lots of carpet cleaners like say shit like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I had them change it to, um, you know, free recorded message reveals how to have your carpets clean properly at the lowest possible price. Right. And the key word was properly not low price because what they were having is we don't clean corners. We we don't cut corners. We clean them. And then they had price advertising. And the problem with that is that's the best compelling offer that they have. Whereas I want to use the draw of how to get the best price, but how to have your carpets clean properly. and, and, And instead of sending them the call and talk to somebody and then have an uneducated prospect make a phone call, they would actually have them – they would drive them to a free recorded message and let the free recorded message sift, sort and screen the people, educate them and and literally turn them into an educated prospect. So by the time that they're done listening to the recording, they now – Understand that the person providing the information on that recording in this particular case, you know, one of my clients was a smart person to choose, not just because of price, but because of all this other stuff. And they were getting, of course, like hardly any calls from this. We don't cut corners. We clean them. And when they did get the calls, all the people were cared about were a low price. And I had this person you know, change their ads to to that. And then they started sending out postcards and they started using that in PSs on their follow-up letters, everything. And it just dramatically increased the response of everything that they were doing. And we're talking like just, you know, a few words, you know, mm-hmm. uh, f- free recorded message reveals, you know, that sort of stuff. And there's a big difference between, you know, carpet cleaning, you know, here's a low price and, you know, the most thorough cleaning ever or it's free. And even today you could do things like, you know, a free video reveals how to have your carpets cleaned properly at the lowest possible price and you can drive them right to your website or to a YouTube video or whatever. And, you know, that's what a direct response headline is. You know, that's what a direct response call to action is. It's not just we don't, you know, if you just contrast the two, we don't cut corners, we clean them. You know, we've been in business since nineteen you know oh two, um, you know seventeen years of experience. You know, oh yeah, uh, you know satisfaction. Well, I mean, you take in all every
0: the industry, there are certain you know catchphrases that that's catch on and spread around. Like you know, in real estate, people use their name, and so say you know Joe Polish, a house sold name. You know, and or. Things like, you know, call Joe and start packing. Those things kind of catch on, you know.
1: Well, you know, Dan Kennedy used to say this, and it would always offend people because it's a pretty, you know, kind of hardcore. But he said that, you know, people commit marketing incest. And they Mm -hmm. look at what everyone else in their industry is doing and they start doing what everyone else is doing and just like real incest pretty soon everyone gets real stupid and he's (laughs) like they they would do that in you know everyone is copying all of the same stupid stuff that everyone else is doing thinking that's the way to do it and all of a sudden you've got the entire segment of an industry knocking off stuff that isn't even that good to begin with and if you if you look at something like we don't cut corners we clean them versus free recorded message reveals how to have your carpets cleaned Properly at the lowest possible price. I mean, you are directing. That is a call to action. That is direct response. We don't cut corners. We clean them. Or putting your low, your 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 you know slogan or a picture of your dog or your you know your logo. I mean, now people would think, well, yeah, a lot of people know my name. A lot of people know my dog. A lot of people know Mm -hmm. my saying. You know, just do it. Every well, I'll tell you. I mean, you know, if Nike just wrote just do it. But they didn't have like, you know, stores where people could go and buy their shoes if they didn't have, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, everyone would, you know, people say, well, you know, how powerful is the just do it Nike slogan? Well, yeah, how powerful it is it built on like about a, a million other things they did before it ever got to a point where it meant anything to anybody? Right. You know, so
0: yeah, and that's part of it is that the reality is what you have to realize is that a brand really doesn't mean anything unless it's built on the back of a uh, multitude of experiences that people have had that reinforce that in their minds. And so if your it's your brand, um, if you if you're focused on that is really only going to be built on the experience that people have with you and in order to really build the number of people who've had that experience with you the um you really have to be smart about how you get the most people to um have their first experience of you exactly mm-hmm.
1: well wow. so like let, let's talk talk about for just a minute dean like a headline. I mean, I'm gonna assume that everyone listening is not like an educated marketer, although we have some of the top marketers on the planet that listen cool. to our podcast. Let's just assume people don't even know the value of a headline. I mean just as basic as you can get. What is a headline? Why is it important?
0: Well the headline is really what you know has been called the ad for the ad. It's the it's the thing that kind of stops people in their track, lets them know that this is for You it's here's what it's about and if that catches somebody's attention it stops them and they know that everything is uh, everything below that is going to be build on that and it's you know you think about it That's why the very best direct response ads all look like newspaper articles or like magazine articles. You know, they look like content. They look like valuable information more than they look like ads. And the reason is because we've been conditioned for so many years how to, you know, when we read the newspaper, we know that that format tells us that here's the bold thing. Here's what this is about. And if you want to know more about it, read these two or three columns right below this big print. And so it right. becomes a shortcut for it. <coughs> wow. Well you need was, to stop that. I thought I was gonna sneeze for a minute there.
1: <laughs>
0: um it, and so can you imagine what it would be like to read the newspaper if there were no headlines? You know, it would be yep. it, it would be very frustrating. And so often one of the mistakes that people make is they just go right into their stuff. You know, they have their Um, their logo and there's their name of their company and Then they just go right into the copy if they have any usually it's bullet points of really, you know stuff like you were talking about just how long we've been in business and you know new patients welcome and and all the the Crazy buzzwords and stuff that are in their own industry without really thinking What would get somebody who is their target audience to raise their hand, you know to? stop and look at this. And so I I always like things like that, uh, like the headline I I just said about the um, real estate saying, um, you know, the offering somebody the free February, 2013 report on winter Haven lakefront house prices. If I own a lakefront house in winter Haven and I'm interested in selling, the thought on my mind is how much is my house worth? And when I see this, label when I see this headline that's like this there it is this is just for me
1: yeah I mean like going back to your your thing about the newspaper like if and this would be a good experiment for people to do is 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 get a newspaper next time you see one and literally go through with a black marker and just black out all of the headlines mm uh just every headline every subhead everything uh, or put tape over them and then just kind of flip through it and imagine trying to find anything of interest and in having to filter through something without something calling to your attention to 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 you know to to bring you to it it would be very difficult to find what it is that would be interesting for you And you know you need things that absolutely just stand out and grab someone's attention. Or you know one of the things we always have to tell book authors because you know me and you spend a lot of time helping people that are authors. You know Mm -hmm. how to market their books. Mm -hmm. And imagine you know if you write a, a wrote a book on exercise and it was a really good book on diet and exercise. And you and if you called it a really good book on diet and exercise by you know John Smith. Well, I mean, that's that just is, isn't going to cut it. I mean, you know, uh, if you had a really phenomenal book on diet and exercise, that would be more exciting than a really good book. Yeah, right. On, on diet and, but, but still, that's not, you know, I mean, that's not all it takes. I mean, you really so people, you know, the value of the marketing uh, has everything to do with just how powerful and how compelling uh, and how irresistible. Uh, those words are, but the, but the words are just the starting point mm-hmm. because, you know, if your, if your stuff is crap, you know, one of the things that, that gets misconstrued when, when marketers talk is that some people will say, well, you know, in order to sell something, it doesn't matter how good it is. You just need to have good marketing. And that's actually true. I mean, you you can have really crappy stuff with really good marketing and you'll get people to buy it. Now, the, the problem with that, though, is like we teach in, you know, the 8 Profit Activators is, you know, go to activator number 8, orchestrating referrals. I mean, no one's going to refer something that they can't stand or they had a bit of bad experience with. So, you know, part of this is relationship marketing and you have to deliver great stuff. You have to follow up and develop uh, relations with people. with people. You need to deliver a dream come true experience if you really want to have repeat business. If you want word of mouth marketing, you got to give people something we're talking about. You're never going to get that opportunity though, if you screw it up on step one. And, you know, step one of course is selecting, you know, th- a single target market and doing that right. And then using direct response offers to compel them to buy. And that starts with the headlines that starts with really grabbing their attention. I mean, even a video on YouTube, you could have the greatest video on YouTube, but if you have a like a lousy title for it, and it's not yet gone viral, I mean, you're just not going to, you know, people are not going to scroll down. And so, even if you look at, at at YouTube videos, you'll see a lot of people that will put an image of an attractive woman, mm-hmm. you know, in order to get people to click on the video. I mean, there are, there are things that will just draw people in. And so, you know, if you're going to use imagery combined with copy I mean you still it still needs to be compelling mm mm-hmm. yeah all absolutely. right so what about like what about creating uh, interest uh, in the product or the service and creating desire in the prospects talk talk about that a little bit
0: okay and so that I look at those as different um, as different steps. And so when we look at the, the profit activators, you know, we talk about compelling your prospects to raise their hand, basically, you know, especially if you are working with um, invisible prospects. And that, that might be worth talking about because you have a slightly different approach if you are um, dealing with invisible prospects versus visible prospects and so a visible prospect if you're marketing to chiropractors or to lakefront homeowners or to 45-year-old men on their birthday those are all identify those are all visible Prospects, but if you're marketing to people who are invisible Meaning you can't get a list of them. You can't point to them. They're not out in the open You need to identify them from a group of people It's uh, it requires a little bit of a different approach You know if there's um, only a small percentage of the people um, Who are going to? really do something in, in your category, whatever it is that you do, you, you want to start out by doing less expensive ads that are designed to get your prospects to raise their hands so that now you can spend more money proportionately To get your message to them because they are the uh, most likely people who are going to buy so if I even if I say lakefront homeowners are a group of visible that's a visible target audience the fact that there are only four percent of them who are going to sell their house this year means that I don't there'd be a lot of waste if I was trying to convince Ninety-six percent of those people if I'm trying to convince them to list their house with Julie Matthews It's wasted effort because ninety-six percent of them are not going to do anything so I'm spending money to to um, make my argument to people who uh, don't it's falling on deaf ears and I'm only speaking to those four percent, but if I knew who those four percent were now I can afford to spend more money and more effort and more time and more resources trying to get the full story to those people trying to educate them about why Julie Matthews would be the best choice and to motivate them by offering them easy steps that are going to get them in the direction of getting their house sold so that's why rather than try and, and convince them of anything, we just compel them to raise their hand because we know what they're already thinking. We know what they're uh we know where they're um where they're headed, you know?
1: Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let let me get your um let me get your perspective on a specific offer. So okay. when you're Online and offline because I mean if someone's just strictly an online marketer, and we're talking about advertising They're like well. I've you know I've never advertised even with our whole brand discussion. I had some people send me um, You know some messages about how you know they know people that have companies that have been built with zero advertising and you know as if that's an, an accomplishment and you know, and I don't I don't really think it is I mean if you can you know, build a big company with zero advertising and certainly I have plenty of friends that have never spent any money on advertising and have made a, a fortune. However, they're not sitting around twiddling their thumb because they put together a really, you know, great slogan and a and a nice imagery and a logo or even like a really good product. I yeah. mean there there's other things that they have orchestrated. And a lot of times people are doing really effective clever powerful marketing and they're not even aware of like that that's what they actually do i mean they don't even give it credit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so um when it comes to making a specific offer if you want to have the highest possibility of success um you need to direct people on what you want them to do you need to make an irresistible offer so that somebody you know feels disturbed uh, mentally if they do not take you up on it
0: absolutely
1: yeah so oh and, and one thing I'll say if someone has not watched my uh video uh at my at the Dan Kennedy uh you know super conference uh you know first Dan Kennedy event I'd spoken at in years cuz I used to speak at a lot of Dan's events years ago and um uh basically you know, I, I offer the the Gary Halbert triple X program and I use a uh, video sales letter that uh, John Benson uh, recorded in his voice for a product that uh, a recording of uh, two days I spent with Gary Halbert. And that is a, you know, it's the highest close in Glazer Kennedy history. I mean, we put that videos up on I love marketing for free. Just type in, you know, Dan Kennedy or Gary Halbert and you'll find the video. And if you watch that whole video, you'll see not only will you learn a lot from it, uh, but you'll also uh, see me make an offer at the end, which you know was worth um, a fortune. And so, you know, five hundred people got in line in order to buy the stuff out of an audience of twelve hundred people, and it was very, it was very non-threatening. But that's an example of if I would have given that whole speech, I would have given people great advice. And if I would have not had a call to action, if I would have yeah, not made said, an yeah, offer, thank
0: you. Good night, everybody.
1: Yeah, if and I couldn't see that's where people that like don't get it. You know, they it's like really oh well, you know, you just need to get up there and really engage the audience, and you know, standing ovations, like, do not result in people giving you money. I mean, it it, you know sometimes they do, but most of the time they don't. And you know, if you're there for the applause, that's different than there to you know, if you really want to make an impact on people. Get them to reach in their pockets and give you money. That's a more difficult thing for people to do than clap their hands and say, I thought you were awesome. I learned a lot and then forget everything that you talked about three days later and not have any change in their life. But to, but to get someone to actually reach in their pocket, invest money in something that you built a strong enough case and made a compelling offer to where they actually put their money, you know, on the line to buy your stuff. Um, you've really impacted somebody in a far greater way than just entertaining them or making them have a new perspective. And so, you know, when someone watches that speech and just there's seven and a half minutes at the end that, uh, you know, what just was the highest close in Glazer Kennedy history and I did it robotically it wasn't even me talking it was a video and see that's the coolest thing about it because what people can learn from that is you don't if you hate selling from the stage as an example or you don't you you don't like anything about having to persuade somebody i mean you can automate persuasion i mean you can you know that's what all of the stuff we teach on I love marketing it's just like how to automate in you know, turn this into easy, lucrative and fun methodologies. And so, so anyway, so the offer, D, what is, what's, what's, what do people need to know about making an offer?
0: Well, if, so the, the first thing is, you know, in the first stage, if you're t- trying to turn invisible prospects into visible prospects, you want to offer them information, something that would just be um, compelling enough for them to raise their hand and now put themselves in this, pool of people who are potentially going to do whatever it is you do. So if the, um, you know, like Adrian sending out the offer for the price pricing report on mainframe outsourcing and getting people to raise their hand. Now they've got a pool of people who are not only fortune 1000 companies, but are fortune 1000 companies who have expressed an interest in mainframe outsourcing. And so that that's the first level of offer and once you do that then you've got to have an offer that's going to trigger them moving in the direction of taking action of doing business with you. And you know, I would suggest that you really think through what are going to be the things that if they were to start taking action, if they were to start the process, what's going to move that along what's going to motivate them to do that and so if I use our realtor example there you know uh, something that would motivate somebody once they've raised their hand for the report on on house prices there are probably three thoughts that they have is How much is my house worth because we've given them the report on what all the lakefront houses are doing But everybody knows that their house is special and there's something different about their house so we want to offer them the opportunity to find out exactly what their house is worth and some people might want to know what do I do to get the house ready to sell? Should I replace the carpet or can I just get it cleaned? Or should I, you know, redo the kitchen? Uh, Should I store all of this stuff? Should I paint this room? All those kind of questions that people have. And so we might offer those people something that we call the room by room review where they can have a checklist of all the things that they could and should do to get their house ready and all the things that they shouldn't do to get the house ready to sell. And then the other thing might be that they would sell, if somebody would just offer to buy their house, it would just be such a hassle-saving thing. So we talk about our silent market. We're just saying to people, listen, we're we're constantly generating uh Interest in neighborhood of people who want to buy homes and we may already have somebody who would be interested in your house And if you want to put it in our silent market We can let those people know and we may be able to sell your house without even putting it on the market That sounds like a dream come true for somebody, right? So one of those three things is going to be the motivator that would get somebody to take action you know, to get to meet with you. And so thinking those through for your own business is really going to be, give you the the clue as to what you should be offering.
1: That's what I'm trying to say.
0: That is what you're trying to say. <laughs> but you got to make an offer though. You know, you've got to be, Overt about it. You can't just sit back and say, if there's anything I can help you with, please feel free to call us. You know, please feel free to ask. And that's (laughs) I said this in January when we were in and doing the breakthrough blueprint in your office of, you know, that I love how Jay Abraham says that people are silently begging to be led. And that's absolutely true. And it's absolutely true for entrepreneurs too and salespeople. They're silently begging to be led. They're waiting for a prospect to say to them, can you help me? And they want to spring into action and would be more than uh, happy to help. But they're afraid to take the leadership role and anticipate what these people are going to need and make an offer.
1: Yeah, you know, Dan Kennedy always used to talk about the Cavett Roberts uh Saying, which is pretty hardcore about when you're thinking of just human um desperation and wanting to be led. He, where he said that Cabot Roberts had the quote: um "People are walking around the world with their umbilical cords in their hands, looking for some place to stick it into in order to give them some nourishment." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's really a hardcore imagery, but at the same time, it's there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, you know, and if you. Uh if you really got something that's gonna help somebody and you're like, oh, you know, just you know, give me a call, look us up, go visit our website. Visit your website and do what? Like look at it. <laughs> yeah, um, stay <laughs> there for so, two minutes. Look us uh, up on the
0: web, like us on Facebook. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like <laughs> like what the hell does that Yeah. I mean, I you see that, that at restaurants all the time, right? Did you have a great time at the restaurant? Make sure and like us on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I at
1: least, I'm trying to think where I was. I, uh, uh, someone actually just suggested, uh, oh, okay. I went to a, uh, uh, an acupuncturist, uh, yesterday. Yes. And she actually said, do you use Yelp? And I'm like, uh, I look up things on Yelp. I don't really write reviews. Um, you know, I've not done that. Um, you know, why? Well, because, you know, I'm, I'm Joe Polish and I just don't write. No, I'm kidding. So, uh, she, you know, she literally, you know, said, well, you know, if you had a great experience, I'd, you know, really appreciate it if you would, you know, write a, you know, nice review on Yelp. And, you know, I just thought that was really smart because how many places have, you know, I've not had that happen. Now, some do it and I've seen it in print, but I've never had someone physically, you know, while I was, you know, getting a treatment, like, Say that, and uh I thought that was that was just a smart thing to do now, there's a million other things she's not doing that she could do that would be really useful to her business, but you know the the point is just uh like you were saying, you know you, you gotta you gotta tell people to do something like what my offer for carpet cleaners uh you know, the very best offers is a free room of carpet cleaning with a carpet audit, and it all starts with generating a lead. By offering people education, you know, a consumer awareness guide, a consumer awareness message, uh, you know, uh, the the video, the consumer awareness video and, and literally sifting, sorting and screening the right prospect. And then, you know, once you have them in your funnel, you're literally you're making a powerful offer. So, you know, even going into a home offering not an estimate, a free estimate, which everyone does see a free estimate is okay. You know, if that's the best thing you got. Um, but that's not as good as a free room of carpet cleaning and a carpet audit where we're going to evaluate the condition of your carpet and we're going to give you something for free that has no cost or obligation of any kind. And we're going to provide this service. And if you love it, we're happy to give you a, you know, firm quote on what it would cost to clean the remainder of the area. And also know that if you decide to get any additional cleaning, it comes with a hundred percent money back guarantee. I mean, that's a powerful offer. That's Mm -hmm. much different than, you know, free, you know i mean a free estimate or you know a price discount on your carpet cleaning and just getting a cleaner who's a good cleaner to change the languaging of their everything from their van to their business cards to their website to their email follow-ups i mean changing all of that verbiage changes the entire business and and that's you know that's that's an interesting thing is that someone could spend years getting training or learning the technical side of a business and they could be struggling they could have gigantic college loans and debt and you cha- you teach people the the use of effective words and literally overnight you can change their income you can change their clientele you could change the relationships that they have you can change their referability i mean like more dramatic than anything else and that's why i always you know, I'm annoyed by people that poo poo marketing because marketers have the power to change somebody. Well, I wouldn't say marketers, marketers that are listened to, I would say, uh, but, you know, but people that utilize marketers, people that utilize effective marketing. There's nothing that could make someone, uh, wealthy and richer quicker than I'm aware of than just getting the freaking words right on the shit that you communicate. Mm. <laughs> and you say "um" like you di- disagree, or you're just no, um, I do. Along. I mean,
0: that's absolutely true. You know, and so much of it. I mean, the words right the wor- the right words are uh, the right offer. You know how to articulate what your offer is.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, here, here's the deal. Since the last one is uh, that that is in the thing that I read earlier from my my uh, marketing strategies manual. That I wrote many years ago uh, have a, a deadline or a cutoff date, which of course, since this podcast episode is nearly out of time, we're going to have to cut off this episode here. So the last thing I'd <laughs> you like, like how that to have fits you, right together. Yeah, it's total total good segue here. Just had to spin it into something here. Uh, you know, having a deadline or a cutoff date. So talk about that, which is just really a you know crazy? Well, emergency. our friend,
0: our friend Robert Cialdini. Dr. Cialdini would say, you know, nothing is as attractive as something that is in imminent diminishing availability, you know, diminishing supply. There is something that there's, you know, the sense of it going to be gone is becomes immediately more attractive. And something, any kind of offer that you're making that is about to expire and I'm cut off, I'm not going to be able to make this decision uh, is it's the most effective offer if if i've got a chance to delay then there's no urgency or need for me to make that offer or make take action right now i can do it any time
1: yep so, so let me give an example too for like some people that may not understand this too cuz it applies to a lot of different things. Uh now the company 37 signals I I really like. Uh they, I, they have some just great online tools and they, they you know they creators a base camp and campfire and all these different online, you know, productivity project management sort of web-based uh, apps. And I interviewed Jason Freed, who is uh the founder um of Thirty Seven Signals, and he you know, they they've written uh a you know, couple of books, you know, Getting Real and another great book called Rework, which uh-huh. I highly recommend. And um, you know, they they have one of their things at 37 Signals is they don't use sensationalized or hypey, you know, copy marketing. Right. And, you know, so they're, they're not running ads like, you know, amazing. This is awesome. You must, you know, sign up right now. You know, they don't, they don't do stuff like that. Although in certain applications, those things, as we know, work very well. And it depends on what you're selling. What they do do though, it, which many companies do is they have like their trials. So they have like a 45 day trial, I think is the trial period right now where you can use Basecamp as an example. And so people can sign up for free. You know, there's not some big major call to action. I mean, they use testimonials and they have really cool videos explaining how it works. I think they do a really good job of educating people of what what it'll do for them and all that, that stuff. Now, if you sign up and you start using it, you know, once you get close to the period of time, you're going to start getting emails letting you know that if you don't pay for this, then, you know, you're not, you know, you need to sign up and pay or you're not going to be able to use it. And so. As that date grows closer, people that aren't using it, you know, decide either, well, I better start using it or I'm going to lose out on my trial or, you know, they just say, well, the same for me. But everyone, you know, and I even allowed myself because I already have, you know, a base camp account, uh, you know, for uh, my company. And so, uh, you know, I wanted to just kind of see the, the way that they, you know, follow up and they do. They do, you know, they create a sense of urgency, even companies mm-hmm. that are adamant about not using hypey. You know, sensationalized marketing—if you want to call it that—it's um, you know they're they're still creating a de- a deadline. They're still creating a specific you know cutoff date in oh, call yeah. to action, and and there's a lot of that 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 happens. And a lot of people don't think of it as creating you know that diminishing supply, but that's exactly what it's doing.
0: That's absolutely true. Now, I mean,
1: Costco—you know—Costco always sends out this coupon book and I'm not a really a user of coupons. It's just, they always have more st- you know, stuff and there's always these deadline dates and you know, they do really well with it mm-hmm. as do like about a hundred thousand other companies that use cutoff dates and deadlines. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So all right, what else idea.
0: we have to get one.
1: Yeah. So I think we're uh, I think we're kind of done for this episode, Dean. We can continue to talk more, but I think we should just uh, see what people have to say. Talk for
0: hundred more episodes if we wanted to. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we you know we can't do this all day, so <laughs> we we kind of got to go. That's so exactly. anyway, so that's it. I mean, oh, and one thing I'll say, I, I really appreciate, there's many people that are, I love marketing listeners that wish me a happy birthday. Uh, my wonderful girlfriend rounded up a bunch of people to shoot videos for me. I had a surprise birthday party. I mean, there was all kinds of cool stuff. And so there's so many people that have actually discovered our podcast that sent me greetings on Facebook and various things. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that did that. It's more than I deserve. And, uh, what else? Um, by the time this episode is being uh, being put up on I Love Marketing, I think on the day this goes up, I will be uh, on a zero-G flight uh, floating around in the air with Peter Diamandis and a bunch of amazing smart people, and uh, I'm doing an adventure trip with XPRIZE Foundation, which mm-hmm. is Peter's foundation that does all kinds of cool stuff. And it was my idea to put together this really cool – trip, uh, that is put together. So we've got a couple of billionaires on it. Uh, we're, gonna have, uh, we're Steve going to have Steve Virgin- Sims
0: is going to be there.
1: Yeah. Steve Sims from the bluefish is coordinating a lot of the stuff. We were going to go to Virgin Galactic. Uh, we're going to do, we're going to go to Qualcomm. We're going to have, I think, lunch with Elon Musk. We're going to uh, go see the, uh, premiere of the movie Die Hard at the Fox studios with, uh, Jim, Jim Giannopoulos. who's the, you know, CEO of, uh, fox studios and so i will be doing some cool stuff so when we doing the next episode or the one after that i'll talk about it and uh you know and, and basically just try to pretend like i'm cool
0: <laughs> i'll remind you you do that yeah
1: so to all of our listeners the call to action for you now is to uh just tell everyone about I love marketing. That's, you know, and, and uh, it'll help us build a really powerful brand and that's what we're shooting
0: for. Let's pick a single target market. <laughs> let's tell people, not to tell everyone, let's tell people to tell, who could they tell? Let's tell Carpet cleaners and
1: then I'll sell some of my carpet cleaning stuff and let's then we can get paid for this podcast. tell their
0: favorite chiropractor about I love marketing this week or let's tell their favorite real estate agent about. I love marketing this week. One of those two things. Carpet cleaners and real estate agents.
1: I like that better than chiropractors because at least I got something to sell to carpet cleaners. That's more specific. Although many chiropractors have bought my nightingale conant program. Perfect. (laughs) All right, everyone have a good night. (laughs) Good night. Or good day, or whenever the hell it is that you're listening to this.
0: (laughs) Goodbye.
1: (laughs) Goodbye.